Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson, who was shot twice in the lower body during an attempted carjacking on Sunday, shared a message on Instagram saying that his surgery went well, and that is extremely good news. Head coach Ron Rivera provided an update when he met with the media on Monday. Well, I can't get into the specifics of it other than to just say he's doing well. Um, we had an opportunity to visit with him last night, which was really uh, a relief and, and, and kind of uh, cool because he was, uh, he was in a really good place. Um, you know, the doctors were very positive with him, and um, he was very positive as well. So, um, you know, we're very fortunate. He's very fortunate in his very unfortunate situation. Um, but he's doing well, um, you know, and, and it's just it'll be a matter of time uh, before he's back out here. There is no timeline, but um, as I said, everything was very positive. Ron Rivera wearing the orange shirt, which is a, a signal, a message assigned to everyone out there. For awareness when it comes to gun violence and we've talked about the scourge of gun violence and it's not just mass shootings it's this casual hey we're just out here one, and i'm gonna shoot you because i want your car i want your watch it's, i told yeah. you i was in new york staying know, in midtown manhattan yeah right and the street was blocked off on each end because there had been a shooting there. Yeah. I've been going to New York for 13 years now regularly, and I had never encountered that. So, um, and, and carjacking, isn't that a thing from like 40 years ago? It's, Who carjacks anymore? And COVID aren't all started these cars, again. aren't they all like, like wired with computers and it's useless? Unless you're, I guess, take it to a chop shop and literally take the parts and and sell i don't i like who would even steal a car nowadays how far are you going to get with a stolen it's going car? on here a lot unbelievable it, it, it is it, it's going on to the point where you, you people in the, the tri-state area i mean people are going into you know right into people's driveways you know covid started this desperate times i you know desperate people i i don't know you know, we had these, even the issue up here in New York with the dine, people, you know, we were eating outside because of COVID. Well, you know what that led to? It led to people pulling up to the side of the restaurant and holding people at, at gunpoint. Give me your money and your cash right here. You're right by the street. I'm right by the car. Boom. Give me it. Boom. I'm out of here. And so it's, yes, it's, it's weird times in our country. I mean, there's more, there's more casual killings than ever before. There's hate crimes up everywhere. Yeah, it's sad to see. And, of course, New York, with as many people as it is, it's, it's yeah, probably got a little bit more than that than the normal city. So I hear you, man. It's disturbing. Good news for Brian Robinson. He is doing well. There's no timeline Thank for God. his return. Yeah. A third-round pick in the 2022 draft. It basically supplanted Antonio Gibson by all appearances mm. as the starting running back for the commanders. But, obviously, that is a distant secondary consideration at this point. The best part of it is he emerged from that horrifying encounter with non-life-threatening injuries, and there are indications, no clarity yet, but there are indications he's going to be able to play football again, maybe later this year. Carson Wentz, in his first season with the Washington Commanders, as we get closer and closer to week one for them, here's Wentz talking about where the offense is as the real games approach. Feel good. Feel good. It's exciting. Obviously, we've put some some good, some bad, some ugly out on tape, and it's not been perfect, but... Um, I think I like where we're at. I like the, the mindset. I like the makeup. Um, definitely not perfect, and we'll be building and growing as a team really every week, uh, every time we step on the field. But um, the body of work we've had from OTAs, the summer, uh, training camp, and then preseason games, I, I really like where we're at, and I'm optimistic. Everybody's optimistic now. Though. I mean, let's be realistic. 
everybody is optimistic at zero and zero, especially after we saw what the Bengals did last year. I know they had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but you don't find out until you start playing the games. Yeah. One week after another, teams are going to win, teams are going to lose. You know, we, we've had the text conversation on the PFT writers thread and an observation was made because there are so many teams that we thought were going to be good that maybe there are some signs of cracks. And one of the writers said, boy, a lot of teams are going to suck this year. And my response was no, because there's going to be a winner every game unless they're all nine and eight or eight and nine. And it's Pete Rozelle's dream. And everybody goes into the last week of the season alive for the playoffs, which which makes for an exciting week 18, but not all that much of an exciting week one through 17 if there really is an excellence. Yes. But for every bad team, there must be a good team because for every loser, there is a winner. So somebody's going to win these games. Somebody's going to do well. It may not be the teams that traditionally have done well, which makes it even more exciting, but somebody's going to do it. And and even the, even the commanders, with all the dysfunction, with all the crap, with all the questions... Ron Rivera is still a damn good coach. That's right. And one of the ingredients in surprising everyone is walking into the season with everyone saying, who we play this week? The commanders have, we're fine. That's, that's, how, that's how you start letting the commanders win a game here, win a game there, and next thing you know, they're viable and relevant in December. Yeah. I, I, they're one of those teams, Mike, that it, it's hard to – pinpoint where and again I don't think they're going to be real bad or anything like that but it's like how good can they be you know they're one of those teams where I look at and go ooh, they're fringe playoff conversation but if they got in the playoffs I wouldn't be shocked there's pieces that are kind of special and and you know blue chippers there uh, again I know we're, we're waiting for Chase Young to get back healthy but what I remind everybody too is Chase Chase Young's not the best pass rusher on their team anyways Montez Sweat is there. You know, Jonathan Allen in the middle is real. You know, offensively, I question the offensive line a little bit. I do because they got some new pieces, some young guys there, journeymen, where you just go, okay, how is this going to work? How dominant can they be? But at the same time, you can look at Carson Wentz and go, wait, Carson Wentz is physical ability, and he's got an amazing receiver in Terry McLaurin. And wow, if Curtis Samuel can stay healthy, wow, that's pretty damn good. Jahan Dotson, their first-round pick from Penn State, looks like he's the truth. And then you add in Logan Thomas at tight end, you go, well, they got guys that can make some plays. That's for sure. So they're a team to me that's kind of hard to figure out. I think, one, because of you know maybe the O-line questions, the dysfunction you're talking about, and then the Karsten Wentz factor to a degree. You know, I think between that, that's where it's like hard to pinpoint exactly where they're going to be. But I don't think either one of us would be like, oh, I wouldn't be fall off the chair shocked. I'm not going to pick them to win the NFC East. But if they like were going down late in December and it's them and the Eagles fighting for to win the NFC East, I'm not going to go, oh, my gosh, I never thought this would have happened. There's some pieces there. It's just one of those where you, you put it and I got to see it to believe it a little bit first before I can, you know, stamp it with approval. Okay, so with an over-under win total of 7.5, and and remember, it is now a 17-game season if you missed all of last year. 7.5 over-under. They were 7-10 and last year, and it was regarded as a disappointment because they won the division the year before. Are you over or are you under 7.5? Yeah, uh, the NFC East, I mean, they play the AFC South and the NFC North. They have a pretty favorable early schedule. I mean, as far as they, they're going to play a team in Jacksonville and Detroit who are still finding their way a little bit. You know, the Eagles, I know, are really talented. 
Cowboys, we don't know about them. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we were sitting here going, wait, they're 3-1. and one. I'm going to go the over here. But I don't, I don't know if it's going to be much over. Uh, I don't feel like, oh, wow, I see 10 or 11 games on the horizon. I'll go 7.5 because... Yeah, I feel like it'd be more eight than seven or six, I guess. But I think that, I mean, that win total to me for right now is is pretty damn close. But I'll take the over for now. I will too. I will too. And schedule structure is so important. I don't think we focus on it enough. I know you and I do. But I just think fans generally, media generally, needs to really look at that early season schedule. Because they could pick up some wins and they could pick up some momentum. And we know what will happen after the first week. We're going to overreact to what happens Either way, win or lose, after two weeks, if they come out of this two and zero, and is it crazy to think they're going to come out of this two and zero? No, not at all. Crazy, not with the Jaguars. I, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying it's likely, but it's not crazy to think it'll happen. And then you got a couple of rivalry games. You got a couple of divisional opponents. You don't know what's going to happen, and injuries are a factor too. And they they go week by week by week. A team is either going to stay healthy or it's going to disintegrate. You may come across a team that that has a key absence when you get into the meat of the schedule. That's right. But they got some winnable games there. They do. They, they, I think they can get to eight. I think they can get to eight and nine. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. And, and, no I, and again, I continue row to be. stretch to your point where you look at it and go, whoa, those five games are insane. You know, yeah, there's a game, but, it, you know, they got, a, they got a, a game that's winnable in between every now and then that makes you feel like, okay, they can keep the momentum going. Look at the other half. At Texans. Falcons and they got the giant sandwich around their bye. Right. Those are those are all winnable games no in question. large part because we don't know where those teams are going to be then. The Giants could be dead in the water again and if the last decade holds, they will be. And and again, it's it's a division rivalry so it's going to be a tough game. It could go either way, but th- there's eight wins there. There are eight wins there for the Washington Commanders in large part because for all the dysfunction, for all the stupidness, for all the self-inflicted wounds, I am a firm believer in Ron Rivera. He is the best thing that organization has going by far, and he could be good enough to help lift the organization to eight wins, which would be regarded as, I think by most people, an astounding outcome to the season. I think so. I mean, I think that would be from, from where they are, the things they've had to deal with. I, I don't see how if they were eight and nine or nine and eight, that's, that's a win for sure. Uh, I, I think, and Ron Rivera has been the steady, calm presence there. To, to now we're getting close to football. To where, yeah, he. To your point, he makes us believe a little bit that he'll get things going in the right direction. And I think there's enough talent there to go. Oh, okay, I could see that happening. All right, how about the New York Giants? An over under for them also of seven and a half. Even though they won only four games last year, this is the latest attempted reboot of the Giants franchise with a new front office and a new head coach, but. And a lot of the same players. How much chicken salad can be made by the Giants? Can they get over seven and a half wins? And I know that you've got to set aside your boyhood fandom for this one. Yeah. Can you do it? Can you be objective and assess whether or not they get above that 7.5 mark? I, I, I can be objective here, and I, I would take the under here. Uh, again, I, don't, I, I would be shocked if it's like a 4-13 and 13 type of season. But do I see 6-11? and 11? Or seven and ten, and a lot of pain in the butt, you know, like losses where they gave a team a little bit of the run for their money that might have been better than them. Yeah, I think that's the where I, I kind of look at it with the Giants. There's, I think Daniel Jones will be better. I think the offensive line will be better. But I don't, you know, if we're going to be able to write home about the offensive line yet and go, wow, it's really special. You know, 
defensively, you know, again, I think it's going to be better because it's going to be more creative. But I would say too is, you know, who are the big playmakers on the Giants' defense? Who's who's the guy that's going to, you know, Leonard Williams is by far their best player. Uh, Thibodeau, we know he's hurt, and and he hadn't shown anything yet. So I just look at it that way and go, okay, there's still some questions to be answered. But I think they could be one of those teams where we go, ha, seven and ten. That was. That was a positive seven and ten year. We're building on something. Twenty twenty three looks really good in New York. That's that's kind of the way I see it. You know, the Peter principle was a, a theory that was coined largely tongue in cheek in the late sixties. The basic notion is we all rise to the level of our own incompetence because you keep getting promoted and promoted and promoted until you get to a job where you don't get promoted from because you're not any good at it. But it does apply in football, especially the NFL. I got a chapter about it in Playmakers. I haven't mentioned Playmakers. Oh, good available. thing you got uh, it in. Available wherever, wherever books are sold. But we see it all the time. A guy who's never been a head coach becomes a head coach. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Maybe, maybe he has reached his ceiling. Maybe his ceiling is coordinator. Guys like Wade Phillips, all due respect. North Turner, all due respect. Much better as coordinators than head coaches. It is a fundamentally different job. We don't know. Just like we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be as a quarterback, we don't know what Brian Dayball is going to be as a head coach, and we're all going to find out, which you know, we, we kind of know what Brian Flores. Not, not to go back down that path, but we kind of know Flores can do it. We don't know Dayball can do it. We will find out, good, bad, or otherwise. And, hey, Vince Lombardi went from being a Giants assistant to one of the great coaches of all time once he got his opportunity. It all comes down to him. But that's another reason to just – there's too many uncertainties with yeah, the Giants. Right. I'm with you. I have to go under on them. Eagles. Ooh, Eagles getting some love at nine and a half. Ooh, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Expectations are high in Philly. You know, those fans are still juiced up about that Super Bowl from four years ago. They want another one badly. It's now five years, Eagles fans. How have you managed to survive for five years without a second Super Bowl? You went 52 without one. Hard to go five without two once you get a taste of it. Do you think the Eagles will be better than nine and a half wins this year? Yes, 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 yes. I do. You know, it, it, it again, the Eagles roster, is, it's phenomenal. It's a little bit like the 49ers. Right, and we okay. There's some quarterback questions, but I don't think they're the questions like the 49ers got. We know what Jalen Hurts is, and it looks by all accounts that he's even got better at throwing the football. And and Trey and and the one thing you know about this guy right here on the screen, Jalen Hurts, he doesn't let anything affect him. He doesn't care. He's a stubborn sob. So what? You're gonna trade for this guy? So what? I got this guy as a backup. I mean, so he's he's you know unflappable, unflappable that way. So I don't worry about it, even though I don't go, whoa, this is a top 10 quarterback. But damn, the Eagles are one of the best rosters in football, hands down. Like, I look at them, you know, and the 49ers as two of the top five teams in the game. And then, you know, Mike, we talk about early season schedule. And I just go, whoa, okay. I don't I don't know. I mean, the first eight games of the year, nine games of the year, that, I'm, I'm, they're the better team on the field on, in pay, on paper. There's, there's no doubt about it. I know they got to go out and play the games, but nobody, as of it sits right now, I mean, I'm not taking the Lions to beat the Eagles. I'm not taking your Vikings to beat the Eagles. I'm not taking the Commanders to beat the Eagles. How dare you? Yeah, and I'm not taking the Jaguars, you know, and then, hey, we get the Cardinals and Cowboys, and there's some talent there, but I still, I just look at the Eagles and go, arguably best old line in football, like you've heard me say, good tight end, superstars at receiver, you know, decent group of running backs. Great D-line. 
Linebacker's pretty damn good. And then a really damn good secondary to go with it. I just go, there, there's only a game or two the whole – there's only a few games a whole year where they're going to step on the field and go, well, wow, this team poses some problems for us in this physically in this area or whatever. And every other game they're going to go, well, we, we're, we're better than them, period. Can we just play and not mess this up? I agree with you. And I'm going to go over, although – and I really think Nick Sirianni should have gotten more credit for what he did he last should have. year. They, they, they pivoted to a run-based offense because the passing game just wasn't yes. there. The question is, will Jalen Hurts rise to the occasion? They've made the investment in A.J. Brown, good friend of Jalen Hurts. I think that that is a show of confidence, but also a challenge to Jalen Hurts. But I think they know that he's wired to get it done. I, I think that they... They know they're – it's just amazing to think how much that team has changed in five years, and here they are back in contender status. And I really do think they they fit that bill. They are contenders. I will put them at the over. The highest over-under win total in the NFC East belongs to the Dallas Cowboys at a whopping 10-and-a-half. A lot of bluster, a lot of big talk, a lot of salesmanship from Jerry Jones. It's been 27 years now since the Dallas Cowboys have made it even to the NFC Championship game. Are you over or under for a team that was 12-5 and five last year? I'm going under for sure. No no question. I mean, 12-5 and five last year, it was really good. There were some positives. I think the schedule fell the right way for them. I, I don't see – I'm, I'm, I'm going to go under here. I, I don't see – you know, I, I could see maybe, you know, 9-8. and eight. And I'm not even going to say 10 and 7 is crazy, but I don't see 11 and 6 or 12 and 5 or 13 and 4. I just don't see that. I, I, I you know, I think they're a team that's fringes, fringes of a, of a playoff team. And then, you know, you talk about, hey, oh, there's no Tyrone Smith early in the year and we got issues there. Oh, yeah, the Bucks and the Bengals are the first two games. Great. Two of the better pass rushing teams in the game. You know, the running back situation, I question that. You know, the receivers, we got to see how that plays out. They've, it's a different group there. Are they really going to be as explosive on that side of the ball? Defensively, like we talked about, I don't know if they're going to be better. That's the other thing. I mean, they were the 19th-ranked defense in football last year, and we acted like uh, this is like the top five defense because they were just so shitty the year before and, and the worst defense. So I, I, I don't see it, Mike. I don't. I just have too many questions, I think, across the roster. Plus, I just feel like another year of everybody kind of getting a feel for McCarthy and the Kellen Moore offense and Dan Quinn's defense is not going to surprise as many people this year in Dallas with the the NFC East. Uh, I I think it'll be a a little bit of a down year as compared to last year for Dallas. You know, and and, and I I agree with you. They do a great job every year of making us think they're going to be better than they ultimately are. Every once in a while, They'll rise up and surprise us. Last year, 12 and 5, a bit of a surprise. The year before that, plenty of hype, plenty of expectation, 6 and 10. The Dak Prescott injury obviously didn't help that outcome. The year before, there's always hype, 8 and 8, a year after they won the division. They, they ping pong. I, I look back to, to 2014, playoffs and first place in the division in 2014, last place the next year. Playoffs the next year, no playoffs the year after. Playoffs the next year, Two years, no playoffs. Last year, playoffs. It, it's it's a recipe for consistent mediocrity to, at times, slightly above average, which would explain why when you go back over the course of the last 27 years and it all starts 
really in 97. Playoffs, no playoffs. Playoffs, no playoffs. And we know how long they went between playoff wins, and now they are 27 oh. years between final four appearances in the NFL. So I'm, a, I, I, I'm with you. Ten and a half, too much for this Cowboys team. And uh, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. But yeah. I have a feeling they won't. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and take a break. Cool. When we return, we'll play this same game for the NFC South over under win totals and where we think they are. Unfortunately, we agreed on everything. I don't like it when we agree too much. I'd rather disagree. We'll see if we disagree on the NFC South when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, NFC South. There are your odds for the, no surprise, Buccaneers, overwhelming favorite, then the Saints, then the Panthers, and the Falcons are just trying to they're trying to stay on the radar screen. They are a soft blip at the far edge. But who knows? Who knows? We would have said the same thing about the Bengals last year uh, as a potential Super Bowl participant. So let's get into it, Chris. NFC South win totals. They play the teams of the NFC West and the teams of the AFC North, a.k.a. good luck teams of the NFC South. Start with the Panthers. Six and a half over under win total. Coach on the hot seat in Matt Rule. Quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They just added LaVisca Chenault via trade with the right. Jaguars. Not that that's going to make a tremendous difference, all due respect. But uh, what do we think? They were 5-12 and 12 last year. Matt Rule, I'm surprised, is back for year three. I think the buyout saved him. Do they get above six and a half wins this year? I want to say, I'm going to say yes. Uh, the schedule is, is tough. I think that's the thing that you know bothers me more than anything. Because I kind of believe in the team. I did a little last year. You know that. Uh, I, I, and I look at it and I go, wait, the team got better. And, of course, it's a young football team that got a year older. And I think they got the best quarterback they've had in a while since Cam Newton playing. So that's where I go, uh, you know, they are in a tough division. We know that, too. So, I mean, you look at their schedule and you go, well, I could see them maybe starting out 2-0. and I could maybe see that for sure. But, man, they got some stretches there where you just go, whoa, that could be pretty brutal there. You know, the, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Niners, the Rams, the Bucks. Oh, you get a break with the Falcons, and, you know, you got the Bengals back on, and then you start to go to the Ravens. And so I'm going to go over here. Again, they're one of those teams that I think if there's a team in the, that I mark in the NFC that goes, I didn't make the playoffs last year but could be in it this year and kind of comes out of nowhere. I'm for the second year in a row going to go with the Panthers. O-line was you're the f- biggest issue last year. I, I think they've improved that. Go ahead. Sorry. You're a firm believer in that defense. I am. And the defense can't do its thing if the offense can't do anything. And the big mystery in all of this is Christian McCaffrey. Mm. If he can stay healthy, and it's not on him. I don't say that in a pejorative way. He plays a position. We've said this time and again. The risk of injury is ever-present. And there are very few Emmett Smiths out there that are constructed in a way that they they can continue to keep going no matter what it is that may be broken, sprained, or fractured on them. So uh, if they can get more out of McCaffrey than they had the last two years, they should be able to, to get over six and a half wins. I don't know that I'm ready to say that they're a playoff contender, but I could see them finishing second in the division behind the Bucks. I could see them overcoming the Saints. I could see it falling a certain way. So I'll go ahead. I, I thought I was going to disagree with you on that one, but you you convinced me. And, and again, if we can just keep the team healthy, 
this should be a team that sails over six and a half wins. I think so. I, there, there's definitely, I mean, superstar receiver and DJ Moore. We know about Robbie Anderson. You know, you said it, McCaffrey. Tight ends aren't bad. Front seven on defense is up there with anybody in the game. And, you know, the secondary, add that to it and go, well, they got a lot of good cover guys across the board and, you know, didn't even have their top 10 pick last year and J.C. Horn plays, so he's back. So I just look at that and go, gosh, and then the, 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 the fact that it is kind of a, a lame duck year here for Rule where, yeah, your butt's on the hot seat for sure. Uh, I'm going to say they go over. I don't know. I'm not sitting here thinking it's going to be 11 and six or 10 and seven, but I think they get over six and a half wins. They could get over six and a half wins, and it still may not be enough to save Matt Rule by the time it's all said and done. When, when they were linked to Sean Payton earlier this year for next year, they didn't exactly mobilize to to spray cold water all over that possibility. Tampa Bay Buccaneers over under of 11 and a half wins and for good reason 13 and four a year ago petered out in the divisional round this year Tommy's back he's ready to go they've upgraded they've got some great players on both sides of the ball they're one of the true few contenders in the NFC that we just look at and say yeah they're in do they get over 11 and a half wins though yeah this one's a, again I I expect them to win the NFC South I do I look at it and go, this is still one of the better rosters in all of football. There's no doubt about that. Their schedule's real deal this year. It's real deal. I, you know, the last few years, it's kind of fell the right way. You know, We saw the year they won the Super Bowl. They put a bunch of cupcakes down the stretch to where they got to get in a run and gain some confidence. Last they were year, six and six, weren't they? Yeah, they were six that's, and, six. and you know they got to play some you know teams that they were seven clearly, and five, something like that. Right, right around that range. Uh, you know, again, I look at you know this year and go, whoa, it, it's a little different. Last year, the the schedule was not daunting. This year, I look at it and go, I think that the Saints are going to be damn good. We just said Carolina is going to be better. I th- I think. And then when you talk about the NFC West and the AFC North, plus the crossover, uh, we got to play the number one team. You know, in the other divisions, so we got the Packers on the schedule, and then the 17th game is the Chiefs. That's their crossover 17th. I, I just go. I still think going to be one of the better teams in football, but I'm going to take the under here. I could see 11 and six or 10 and seven, and oh man, we stubbed our feet in a few games and lost some. You know that we we didn't think we were going to lose. I don't know. And then with the offensive line issues, I just go with that and Brady. I, I think it could be a little less uncomfortable than it's been the last two years. So that's where I'll just go slightly under on this one. Or more uncomfortable. Less comfortable or more uncomfortable. More, more, yeah, more uncomfortable. I guess that's the way we'll I should say it. We'll less comfortable, we'll, we'll, more uncomfortable, yes. You, you, you're, back on, you're back on the devil's lettuce, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, thank we'll you. give you that. Give one. me some leeway. We're not going to give you the, the high bar that we had become accustomed to. Um, they were, by the way, 7-5 and five going into the last four games of the 2020 season, ran the table, and then – one four more obviously to cap the season I, I was leaning over and then as I listened to you 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 pulled me to your way of thinking I'm still going to say over on this one and I know I just I because I currently believe this is Tom Brady's last hurrah I think that's going to be a factor I think he will cause those around him to elevate he will shout it into existence that whoever is playing left guard, center, and right guard will play well enough to allow him to get rid of the football. Todd Bowles will do enough. He may not be Bruce Arians, but he'll do enough. 
And he'll have Arians there to help him out. And Arians has been involved. I am going to go over on this one. Okay. I think that even though the schedule is not kind, yeah. I think because this is Tom Brady's last year, barring a surprise, although he's been full of them lately, I, I think that's enough to pull everybody together. And, you know, it may not be enough to get to the Super Bowl, but I think it's enough to get to get north of 11 and a half. I, I'm very nervous about that. They're right on the cusp there. You know, I, got, I, I think so. You, you look at a team that's, you know, been at the top of the mountain for two years a little bit, and you go, oh, could there be a letdown? And, and you know, like I said, I, I, I think, you know, we, we, I would like to – I could talk about – I just think that the schedule has, has fell in the, fallen the right way for them the last few years a little bit to where even down the stretch last year it was the Panthers twice and the Jets and – you know, it, it, uh, to me, you know, again, with this the way it looks, and then I go offensive line, and you got to play all these teams with these great defensive lines this year. Uh, I, I just there's a few more stretches of of games where I look at and go, there's no guarantee. As good as the Bucks are, there's no guarantee they're gonna they're gonna beat the Saints or the Packers or the Chiefs, right? And you know, the Ravens and the Rams and teams that we've talked about that go what Mike. Have a little creativity on the defensive side of the ball and have some dudes up front that go, we can get in Brady's face and cause some issues. So that's where I lean, but I don't feel confident about it, just like you don't feel maybe totally confident about the over there. It's 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 a tough one. I, I'm probably giving Brady more credit than I should, but but that's fine because he deserves yeah, he does. all the credit he gets. When it when it comes down to the impact he can have day in and day out on a locker room as you go through There's no the 17-game grind. I think that ends up being even more important than what Todd Bowles does as the replacement for Bruce Arians. And, and also, if last year, if there's anything to the rumors, the reports, the idea that there was some friction last year, if they can eliminate that friction between head coach and the offensive structure. This is just Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady doing it all this year with no interference. Well, uh, uh, assuming Bruce Arians doesn't try to interfere because he's still there. But assuming that things are more harmonious this year, maybe that sets the stage for at least 12 wins in 2022. Saints, 8.5 is their number. Last year they were 9-8, and eight, and they had a lot of things conspire to, to make it harder for them to be as good as good, and I know that Bill Parcell says you are what your record says you are. They were better than nine and eight last year. Um, will they be better than eight and a half wins this year? Yeah, it's a, this is a tough one because I mean you did you do lose Sean Payton, and it's just like wow, gosh, you lost Sean Payton. That's just not easy to replace. But I, I do think Sean Payton left the team in a in a pretty good spot for where they are right now. I don't know how much longer it can last because they got some guys you know that are aging veterans that I worry about a little bit, but. I just, I'm going to go over here. I am. I don't think it's going to be by a lot. You know, I can see them going nine and eight here, but I just look at them and go, man, defense is pretty top notch and Dennis Allen being over there. That hasn't changed. And I know they're losing Sean Payton. I don't expect the offense to be as creative, but wow, it's still an overpowering offensive line. And they got legit three receivers this year. Uh, and you add that to Alvin Kamara and, and the way they can kind of run the ball. And I know the offense, even though it might not be as good, it's still going to be solid and good. It's not going like to, I don't think it's going to fall off earth with a guy that's been underneath Sean Payton for this long. So I'm going to go over here. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to go over with the Saints. 
At times, I have heavily defended Jameis Winston. We talk about the 2019 season. Yes, he threw an interception on the last play of the year, intercepted and returned for a touchdown to give him 30. We forget about the fact that he had over 5,000 passing yards. They're just, I feel like he is who he is at this point in his career. This is year number eight for him. He is who he is, and I don't think that's enough to get the Saints to where they want to be. We've had the foot injury this year. He had the ACL tear last year. Without Sean Payton there to work his brand of magic, I just I need to see it to believe it. Yeah, okay. Look, I, 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 think, I think Dennis Allen was the right guy for the job. I think the continuity makes a lot of sense. I couldn't understand why Dennis Allen wasn't getting looks from other teams to go in and be their head coach. But but I, I I just think when we get to the week in and week out grind, they're going to find out the hard way what it means to not have Sean Payton there, and they're going to go under. You're going to go under. Yeah. All right. It's it's a, it's a tough one, and I, I I hear your point. It's not easy to replace Sean Payton, the motivator, the guy who can kind of stick the hot poker. You know, on everybody to get them going when they're when they're you know maybe down in the dumps a little bit or just you know middle of the season monotony. And then of course, as we both know, his ability to game plan and call plays at the right time, steal plays, invent plays. I mean that that's it's second to none. He's one of the greatest of all time in that department. So it's not easy re- easily replaced. So I, I hear your questions there. I guess I'm just going to rely on the roster a little bit and. I guess I have just a hair more faith than Jameis Winston, I guess, than you do. Last and most definitely least in the NFC South. Sorry, but it's true. They know. Falcons, they, 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 they know. They may be heading somewhere good, but for now, they, this is where they are. Over under a four and a half wins. Last year, surprisingly seven and ten, but that was with Matt Ryan. Now we go from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota and maybe at some point Desmond Ritter. Do they get to at least five wins? Man, this is a tough one here. That's where I kind of see them as that like five and 12 type of team, maybe six and 11. I mean, maybe four and 13. I guess uh, where I'm, I want to say under, but I have a little faith in Arthur Smith. I I, I do like the way he coaches football games on the offensive side. And they have an offensive line that's got a little toughness to them, you know, but. Yeah, you know, you got you're relying on a rookie receiver and Kenyon Drake or, or uh, 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 Drake, the Drake rec- London, Drake, Drake London, London. Thank you, Kenyon Drake London. Yeah, yeah, right. Drake London from USC who's dealing with a knee issue. You know, we know Pitts is a superstar. The defense, there's not a lot of household names there for sure. I mean, Grady Jarrett and and Terrell, AJ Terrell, are their two guys on the defensive side of the ball. So, gosh, I'll go. I want to. I want to go over here too. I, mean, I want to go over, but I don't want to go over by much. I'm going to say over by like five. I'm going to say five wins. I, I don't know. I, I feel like they'll squeak one out, but I don't feel comfortable about that. I think we're right in the range of what I expect the Falcons to be. I'm looking at their schedule now. If it's we have br- it's pretty brutal, here, right? Please. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for the W's. Yeah, I they hear do you. have. They do have a Panthers sandwich week eight and ten. The meat in that sandwich is the Chargers. And they got a short week coming out of that Chargers game. I just don't know. Where, where are the victories? Where do you gonna, look at it and I'm say? With you. I'm going to go under, too. I'm going under. I'm going under. I'm going to go four. You're with you. I hear you. You're right. There's no stretch there. The Bears, okay, maybe. I don't know. But you're right. There's just, to your point, I think you're saying it right, Mike. What game are they going to step out in the field and go, we actually got the better players? And actually, as I sit there and look at it more thoroughly here, I go, 
I don't know if there's one that I'm going to sit here and go, well, I'd rather have their roster than this roster. The Bears might be the only one I look at. Other than that, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It's big trouble. So I'm going under there. You changed my mind. The stretch that will set the tone for the Falcons week three and week four. Because now, now look, they could beat the Saints week one. They could. They could. And that would create a, a very different vibe for the Falcons if they can pull that off. But let's say they would lose to the Saints and the Rams. At the Seahawks with Geno Smith, or maybe by then Drew Locke, who knows. And then the Browns, who won't have Deshaun Watson. If they can come out of that stretch two and two, then then, then I'll revisit my position. But even then, even when you take the first four games out of the mix, Chris, where are the wins? That's a long way to go before you get to the Bears in week 11. The, you know, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, good luck, good luck, good luck there. And then you got the Panthers twice in 17 days with the Chargers in between. I, I'm sticking with the under, and if they prove me wrong, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong because I agree with you. I believe in Arthur Smith. I just don't think they have the personnel yet. Right. And this whole this whole Matt Ryan thing, I mean, they wanted Matt Ryan to be there. They had negotiated a restructured contract that was going to allow him to stay, and it wasn't until Deshaun Watson expressed interest in them, they came to the table, that blew up the – Matt Ryan relationship, and now, you know, Marcus Mariota was available for a reason. Good quarterbacks just aren't available for you to go out and grab. And he's got potential, but he doesn't have consistency and he doesn't have durability. And I think they're going to, at some point, they're going to they're gonna see what they have in Desmond Ritter. And if they don't have anything good in Desmond Ritter, they're going to be in position next year with a very high pick in the draft to get a franchise guy if they want to try to do it. So I, I'm going under. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, th I think you kind of laid it out the right way. That's the questions I have. And I've gotten the sense, too, and even the preseason. And I noticed this just from the, the Jets game last week that we saw on Monday Night Football. You know, again, anybody you talk to, uh, the Jets seemed like they had their way with them in the scrimmages leading up to the game. And the game, I felt like Atlanta game-planned a little bit for the Jets. I feel like they've game-planned a little in every game to kind of build a false sense of confidence like you're talking about to a degree, at least more than the other teams I've watched that have been generic. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's – uh, I think they've maybe given us a false look a little bit too. So I'm with you. I'm going to go under as well. There's just not enough big-time players on both sides of the ball to make me think they can do more than that. Let's go ahead and take a break. Plenty more PFT Live still to come. We'll be back right after this. Lamar Jackson still does not have his long-term contract. Yesterday, he dipped into Twitter to respond to some Twitter users on a variety of points. Here's one. The first, the first comment, Lamar Jackson is a league MVP, still hasn't broken the bank. Ravens, you're on the hot seat. Give that man the $250 million guaranteed before you write a check your ass can't catch. Response, he wants more than that. They've already offered that. Here comes Lamar. No, they didn't. <laughs> I love Lamar, it. Lamar, Lamar. I, I mean, it, it's great. I like this uh, and part, then there was too. Yeah. As much as I love Lamar, a fully guaranteed deal is just bad business. Just because a horrible franchise, the Cleveland Browns did horrible business, giving Watson that contract doesn't mean other teams should follow. Honestly, I'm hoping Lamar gets a 10-year, half-billion-dollar deal. Response, you don't love Lamar. <laughs> That's a great response. <laughs> you don't love him. <laughs> and, and the best one was this, because, and, and this exchange continued. There were so many tweets to try to pick through. 
But the user Hitman 1600 making the point, hey, look, sometimes these guys grow up in a place and they want to play for that team. And the point was made, you know, maybe maybe Lamar grew up in South Florida, wants to play for the Dolphins. His response, I grew up a Dallas fan, but Dolphins were second, no doubt. He did not say I'm a Raven for life. I grew up a Dallas fan. Dolphins were second. So then there also was eventually a, a picture of Lamar wearing the Dolphins uniform. The Photoshop skills are endless on social media. There it is. Um, hey, I, I've, I've, look, they either get this done or they don't. I, I know that that really isn't That's very deep high thoughts level by Mike Florio. Either they get yes, this done or they don't. They're either going to get it done or they won't. But here we are, two weeks away, 12 days away from week one when the Ravens play the Jets. He has applied a week one deadline, and I know it's not a real deadline, but at some point you got to focus on the season. At some point they got a three-day break coming up after the cuts, and then they get back and they start practicing getting ready for week one. Lamar Jackson is going to have less time than ever once they come back from their three-day break and start focusing on getting ready for week one. So, And if it does not happen this year, it may never happen. There's a chance he never signs a long-term deal with the Baltimore Ravens, and he ends up in a different uniform as soon as next year. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a possibility. Again, it's still crazy where we're at in this situation. And, you know, to, to play off what you said there, I would think that if this doesn't get done by that three-day break, I would think that three-day break needs to be the time where, you know, they break some bread and try to figure out the contract here. They got to figure it out. Uh, I mean, I, I hope like, you know, Lamar doesn't leave town or something like that. I hope he stays there and tries to figure this out. I want Lamar to get his money. I do. I, I'm, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. He's a hell of a player. He deserves it. You know, as we know, there is a, it's weird here. It's weird. We know he was offered more guaranteed money than Kyler Murray, which he should be. He's better than Kyler Murray. He's been better than Kyler Murray. He's led his team to the playoffs. You know, every year except for last year where he got hurt at the end of the year. He's won an MVP. All right. But I think what we are finding out here a little bit is the Deshaun Watson contract is an issue. It's an issue. And it should be. And it's not his. Like we talked about this last week, right? It's not his fault that it's an issue. I'm sorry. You dumb owner in Cleveland paid, you know, quarterback in trouble, stupid money. So he's going. Wait, all complaints to I've done soon. just. I've just done. <laughs> done all this. I've done all of this and more than Deshaun Watson. So I should get that. And that's the problem here. It, he didn't set the market. You know, dumb owner in Cleveland did. I'm sorry. I'm just having fun here. I don't mean well, that literally, no, no, but you know I, what it, I mean. Yeah. But but it's fine. And and look, here's the reality. And and I think this is part of the deeper push and pull that's going on. Once is an accident. Twice is a trend. Wise man once said that pretty much every week on ESPN Sunday NFL countdown primetime, whatever. It was one of Chris Berman's go-to lines. So you've got the Deshaun Watson deal. Five years fully guaranteed, $230 million. Is it an aberration or is it the start of something that's going to continue? Well, here's the Kyler Murray deal that isn't $230 million fully guaranteed. And one of the issues is, does the owner have the cash available to put the amount of money in escrow that is required 
by this stupid, outdated funding rule that was put in place to protect players but now is used against them because owners don't want to put, and some of them can't put that much cash in an account to ensure that it's there because the idea was, hey, some of these teams may become insolvent back in the 60s, 70s, etc. Nobody's going broke now. There's so much TV money coming through every year. They're always going to be able to pay these guys. You don't need to put the money in escrow. But that's the pushback. That's the counter to it. So... It's kind of like the, the, the third game of a three-game series here. This is the rubber match. Does Lamar Jackson get Baltimore to do what Cleveland did, or will it be two in a row without a fully guaranteed deal? Then you have a stronger argument that the Deshaun Watson deal was an aberration. I still think Russell Wilson's next deal will be fully guaranteed, frankly, and maybe others, maybe Joe Burrows as well, although I don't know that Mike Brown has the cash to put it all in escrow. But, but that's the key, and it's clearly one of the big messages from his tweet. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. Jay Glazer said that a week or so ago. We've talked about it. He wants, and he should. He should. I don't care how dumb the Browns were. They have crossed a river that cannot be uncrossed. And now Steve Bishotti has to decide, do I want to swim in that river or do I want to risk not having Lamar Jackson? And it all comes down to this at the end of the day. Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal. Okay, fine. The Ravens just say we're not going to do it. Here's the best we're going to do. And we talked about this with Roquan Smith. We've talked about it with Lamar Jackson. At some point, you get their best offer on the table, and you got to make the decision, the grown-up adult decision. Do I play for $23 million with no guarantee beyond this year, and who knows what's going to happen in 2023, or do I take the best offer they're willing to pay me? So hopefully they put their best offer on the table at some point, and he can make that assessment. But there's a chance his assessment is, I'll roll the dice. I'll bet on myself. I'll bet. Guys are wired to bet on themselves because they always think they're going to win that bet. I know. I know. It's just, it's, um, gosh, it's a risky bet. And again, I don't know what they're offering, but we know it's somewhere in between the Watson money and the Kyler Murray money. And that's just, gosh, if it's 190 million, 200 million guaranteed. Wow. I wonder if he'd take the Watson deal, just plain and simple, right off the, if they just said five years, 230 guaranteed, would he take it? Or does he want even a little bit more than that? I, I don't know either there, but I'd be, I'd be interested to know. And I also want to go, there's, there's a lot of things here where I also want to go, wait, if you're offering $195 million guaranteed or $190, like, I don't know, then damn, just go to 230 Just go to 230 and let's get it done with. And you got your guy for the next five years. You don't have to worry about it. So th- there's a lot. This, it's crazy. It's crazy that we're talking about this. All I know is I do worry about Lamar. He plays a more dangerous style of football than, than we know just about any other quarterback in the game does. And that's where I do want him to protect himself. Watson was at $45 million from scratch. Murray got to 45.1 new money. When you look at it, you factor in the two years left, it's not really $45 million at signing. But he can say he's making more than Deshaun Watson at 45.1, even though the guarantee is far less and he really isn't. So you get Lamar to 45-2, and every dollar is fully guaranteed. I would think you get that done if you're willing to do it. They may not be willing to do it. But I'm going to try something here before we go to break. Yeah. I'm going to try your magic trick, okay? Now, my hands aren't as big as yours, but here's what I'm going to do, and let's okay. see if it works. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to apply my hand, nothing up my sleeve. I'm going to take my hand. I'm going to apply it to the microphone, and I'm going to say, Lamar Jackson, the time has come for you to recognize that you are not suited to negotiate this contract without a qualified and certified NFLPA 
agent, Lamar Jackson, I am calling upon you to finally admit that you need an agent and to finally hire an agent. All right, we'll see if that works. See if it works. <laughs> I like it. Chris Sims magic trick. It worked trick. yesterday. You'll see if it works for you. <laughs> Grab the microphone and speak it into being. Lamar Jackson, commence the process of hiring an agent. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're going to do a draft when we come back of the teams that are giving off good vibrations as we're heading into the 2022 regular season, which begins in only nine days. More PFD Live right after this. Good, 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 good vibrations. The last question on the Broncos, Cortland Sutton v. Jerry Judy. I think we're aligning Cortland Sutton being the guy there. Cortland Sutton, we've seen it before. Yeah. Like, you know, Cortland Sutton was a top 20 fantasy wide receiver in 2019. He had Joe Flacco and Drew Locke as his quarterbacks. And so, so massive upgrade, as we've talked about. Think about, again, Cooper Cup last year. Don't underestimate the ability of a quarterback upgrade to improve a fantasy wide receiver's production. My concern on Jerry Judy, he's had 169 targets in, in um, uh, last year. He had three touchdowns. It's not right. He's got, he had no touchdowns his rookie year. The Red Solo Cups are back every day, noon Eastern on Peacock, the fantasy football happy hour. Chris, I'm going to send you a picture last night. I, it's barn season, and we'll be watching football down there. I needed to replenish my collection of Red Solo Cups. So I have three big stacks of Red Solo Cups on the bar in my barn, and I was going to take a picture of it and send it to you last night. So what what do I got to do? I got to buy you some like glass mugs here or something that we can put in the barn. I mean, come on, come on. I got I got glass mugs, but that takes time and effort to wash them. I use <laughs> you use water and soap, right? So it's easy to just you know. I got you. I got you. All right. All right. Um, We're gonna work okay. on that. We can we can be better in that department. We got to self scout thyself and come up with a new game plan there. You know what I'm going to do? There was a picture recently of a guy back in the 60s drinking water from a ladle on the sideline. Oh, I saw that in so the Chiefs. The Chiefs player. I know. I'm going to get a ladle, put some ice in it, a little bourbon, a little mixer, <laughs> and just sip out of the ladle. That would be amazing. Right. <laughs> uh, teams giving off good vibrations as we get ready for the 2022 season. This can go in a lot of different directions. Who do you have, Chris? Well, well I'm going to go right away with the. Ra- I mean, the Chiefs. Excuse me. The Chiefs are the team I'm going with here. 100. Uh, percent To me, just. Defense was phenomenal. You've heard me kind of rave about them almost every week of the preseason so far. You know, Mahomes, the first two games, was phenomenal as well. I just feel like they're a team on, on a mission here. And the fact that they played so much and going to hit the ground running, I think they're giving off big-time good vibes here. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to start this off. I'm going to start with the team that when they last played, I actually picked them to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. And it sounded batshit crazy at the time. Sorry. Uh, but I remember you being very nervous when T.J. Watt returned a fumble for a touchdown and the Seriously. Steelers were up 7 nothing at the end of a quarter. Yeah. Now, the floodgates opened <laughs> in a very, very bad way for the Steelers after that, but at least I got to enjoy the possibility that it wasn't the craziest prediction ever made. Um, I-, I think the Steelers are giving off good vibes. I really do. They got two head coaches. Yeah. They, they, got, they got Mike Tomlin and Brian Flores. Are you kidding me? They have an overpowering defense. They've got Najee Harris. Now he's reportedly dealing with a Liz Frank issue in his foot, but, but it's still, and, and until he's shut down, he's the guy. 
they're going to be fine at quarterback. They've got great receivers. The offensive line is the big question mark, but I have a feeling they're going to work this thing into something better than people expect. I just feel that that most of the league and most of the media and most of the fans are just kind of like, ah, they're down. I think, to me, they're giving off, because I know that team as well as any team, yeah. they, to me, are quietly giving off a sense that, and Mike Tomlin said it to Peter King, bring it on. And bring it on, and that's all that needs to be said about the Steelers. I I I don't disagree with you there. Uh, the vibes have been good. I mean, only thing we've really questioned is the offensive line a little bit through the through training camp and, and preseason. Even with the quarterback duel itself, we go, well, damn it! I think they're going to be good. Either one, it's not going to be like a game changer if they pick the wrong one to start the year here, which I expected to be Trubisky. Uh, so I'm I'm with you there. There has been a lot of positive vibes, and they are one of those teams that. You know, you've always said they're backed into a corner. That's when they seem to, you know, start throwing haymakers and connecting and and become a force. Um, all right, my next one, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I mean, damn gosh. it, yeah, that was my next one. You know, I just mean, for the record, two and on, yeah. that was my next one as Good. well. Yep, yep, two and on, two and on. It's funny, two and on has replaced Q and on, right? I don't even hear about Q and on anymore. I just hear about two and on. It's totally two and on now. But either way, no, like, because well, never mind. Well, <laughs> don't don't I'm go down there. It. I'm just making I'm a not joke. Say it. All right, either okay. way, it's it's vibes. They've been trying to force vibes on us all off season, but I think when they're a team that just kind of hits you in the face when you turn and watch them on TV or film or whatever, we just go, holy crap! How many good players have they got? I mean, how many? The defense has got studs everywhere. The offense has studs everywhere. Mike McDaniel gives them a new energy. You know, so I just look at them and go, yeah, things are positive. And Tua seems like he's focused and in a great spot as far as him personally. So they're giving off lots of good vibes down there in South Florida. This may be the hard knocks bump and the fact that Dan Campbell is mm. such an entertaining head coach. And the bar is chronically low. It doesn't take much to create good vibes for a team that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991. I'll say the Detroit Lions, especially in a wide-open NFC. Is it crazy to think that the Lions could find a way to string something together, win some games? They were in a lot of games last year. You've said were. it before. Yeah. They were a pain in the butt for a lot of teams. Oh, my gosh, they and, were. And, and uh, there's a positivity. There's, you know, yeah, they have flaws, but everybody's got flaws. But I think that they they are at least giving off good vibrations. They are in a spot entering a season that they haven't been in a very long time where people are actually paying attention to them. Yeah, yeah. And for the Lions, that's a win in and of itself. It is. It's definitely a win in itself, 100%. There's a few teams that make this list that are – but I'm with you there. They have positive vibes. Uh, The Ravens I think about here, the Bills I think about are giving off good positive vibes. I think they want us to take a break. Okay, finally. Is is that what you said? She said last one. Oh, go ahead. Do your last one. But but this is what – I'm going to go – I'm going to go with a team down on the bottom of the list like you just did, too, just to give some up. The Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are giving off great vibes. I mean, how can they not be better from last year? But with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence's look good, ATN's look good, Trayvon Walker's look good. There's a lot of young talent where you go, wow, I'll give the Jags some love for, for positive vibes. All right, blow the horn. Uh-huh. He likes I, it to Kirk Cousins today. Hey, well, he likes it's, it's not. It's very simple. It's very simple. They have moved on from a curmudgeonly cantankerous head coach who was a defensive specialist whose defenses sucked the last two years. They have an offensive head coach who comes from the Sean McVay tree with a talented allotment 
of skill position players. Very talented. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith if he's healthy, Dalvin Cook. They're so confident in the backup running backs, they're talking about trading Alexander Madison, who's a starting caliber running back. And Kirk Cousins, if you draw plays that will work before the walls cave in, and the defense, it could be like the Cowboys last year, where the defense really doesn't have to be 85 Bears or anything close to it. It just has to be better than crap. Right. So... Uh, I, th- I think I think they can make some noise. I think they could even win that division. Whoa, whoa! I think they can. Wow, they can. I wouldn't go and that far. You know far, how I, I am. You know I'm negative. Noise. I know. I am. I know about this the boys is... in purple. I'm I think shocked. they can win the division. I'm shocked. All right, let's take a break. We'll wrap things up right after this. Yeah. <laughs> Today's an important day on the NFL calendar. All rosters must be at 53 by 4 p.m. Eastern. It used to be 90 to 53 in one fell swoop. They now step it down 85-80. Today it goes to 53. Some teams have already begun. And there will be recognizable names, Chris. There always are this time of year. We've already seen them trickle out today. O.J. Howard, the tight end, who was a free agent and signed by the Bills, he's out. Philip Lindsay, who was once upon a time a great undrafted hero running back for the Broncos, he's out in Indianapolis. Duke Johnson out in Buffalo. It's going to continue. It's going to continue all day long. And it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, there's only 53 spots available. Teams are going to have to say goodbye or put on one of the reserve lists up to 27 guys. The good news is 16 can come back on the practice squad. So not that many at the end of the day are permanently out of work. Yeah, no. You, you, I mean, you're you're right, uh, but it's, it's a delicate day. It's a weird day to be in the NFL on this day. And especially if you have to, you know, be in the building for, you know, some sort of – you know, training, practice, whatever, you know, to see guys get called upstairs and you know what they're, what's about to happen and life is going to change for them, you know, it's, it, it hurts your heart because these are guys you've been in the locker room with, been buddies with, and all of a sudden the total vibe in the locker room is going to change to regular season mode and let's go, and a lot of people get, you know, left by the wayside. And for a lot of guys, what they will hear today becomes the fire that builds and grows and burns because they decide they are not going to take no for an answer. They are not going to give up. They are going to do everything in their power to get better at their craft until they find a way onto a roster. And NFL history is full of guys who have done just that. Today will be that spark for a lot of players. All right, we'll be tracking all the moves all day long at PFT, and we'll see you back here Wednesday morning with another edition of PFT Live as we will be only eight days away from the start of the season. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.